Hey guys, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, a podcast about mental health and astrology. Have you guys ever had a bad day or felt so anxious to the point where you are struggling to find yourself in this vast society we call life? Not to worry, guys. I have felt this way too. The podcast interviews guests from college students to parents and even experts that talk about their journey to where they are in the present moment. So sit back and relax and remember that you are not alone. Without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast, episode 40. Can you believe it? 40 episodes already. Talks about the story of my friend Kyla. Kai is in the entertainment industry and she has a passion for creating her own documentary series focusing on child education and promoting minority voices. Kyla is very motivated, independent, and really wants to help people deep down. So you guys can check out our full conversation. Me and Kai talk about relationships, advice that she has, and also the entertainment industry overall. And like always, you guys can check out Kai's work by clicking in the link in the show description. But before you guys can tune into the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Your subscriptions will help boost the podcast overall. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Kai. Hey everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with one of my friends, Kyla. Kai, how are you doing today? What's going on? Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well. I had a pretty good night's sleep and just ready for the day's adventure. (laughs) Uh, Definitely, and and I will say same here. Sleep is definitely important. So for me, I need to get my eight hours. How about you when it comes to sleep? Eight hours is so important. I cannot (laughs) sleep enough. Even if I sleep later, like if I get a late start, I'll always wake up and then force myself to go back to sleep. So I have eight hours under my belt. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way, especially when it comes to sleep. I uh, if I the later I go to bed, the later I wake up the next morning. So I have to get my eight hours or else I'm all over the place and miscombobulated. Um, but Kai, before like we really get started with the conversation, I just wanted to say thank you for coming on, reaching out. I know you are a Pisces as well. So Pisces season's coming up and I know we've really connected recently and we've had a lot of cool times. Me, Namala, Kina, we've all sat and talked a lot and stuff. So I just want to say again, thank you, Kai, for coming on and all that fun stuff. 
No problem. Thank you so much for having me. I love hanging out with you, obviously having a good conversation. So I figured this would be the perfect environment. And it's also Pisces season. I'm a Pisces. It all just kind of makes sense. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So my first question, just starting the whole podcast off. So uh, usually when it comes to like work and passions, like what are some passions that you have, Kai? Um, So I recently discovered that I'm really into children's entertainment and kind of jumping into that space. I was before in reality TV and ethically and morally, it was very challenging. The, The ethics behind reality TV is kind of blurred and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And everybody lives for drama. So it's an environment that's created to have lots of drama and sitting back as a pioneer kind of navigating what things would cause more drama, how to, how to evoke those emotions from cast members was very difficult for me. So I decided that I was going to pivot from that and go back to something that I found an interest in with my parents who they founded a daycare in, I want to say in my Florida And so I kind of worked down there and I thought I was going to be a teacher and then sitting with that for a semester or yeah, for a season, I was like, that's not for me. I can't do kids every day. So I did their lesson plans for teachers and I really liked that. And I was like, oh, and then I also found a love for television. And then at Ithaca College, I had the chance to work under a program called Ithaca Kids, which was a children's entertainment show. And with that, I kind of rose in the ranks and got to be a producer for like two, I think it was two years and found a passion there and then kind of stumbled into reality TV and then decided to get back to my roots. And I've also discovered I'm really good at event planning, which I've done for like friends for small scale events. But um, my friend Tristan works at Republic well, used to work at Republic and he was under Coyle Ray's team. So they needed someone to design her album release party. And so I posed him a couple of ideas and she ended up liking them. And my friend's developing a company called Coat. And she was like, I really want you to do my events. And I was like, why? I was like, I don't know why you would choose me. And she was like, oh, like you did Coys. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I completely forgot about that. So kind of getting my niche back into event planning and children's entertainment is where I plan to see myself in the night in the near future yeah and i will say kai that's that's a really cool and awesome story to share you know because i know with the entertainment industry i know we talked about this a couple times like off record um just talking about how like the entertainment like industry especially when it comes to casting guests and it's all about the drama like you said so credit to you for figuring out like hey like i want to be able to impact people and help people and and it's really cool story that you shared about like your family you know having their own daycare and and for you you know that's really where the passion started and from and that just leads me right to my next question um i know you mentioned that you're working on like a like a children's like like show and stuff like that. What like what type of topics are you really interested in, especially when it comes to educating the youth? Um, great question. I so I have a learning disability. I have dyslexia and I was diagnosed extremely late because usually people with dyslexia are diagnosed going into their second grade year. And I was diagnosed going into my sophomore year of high school. And so it caused a lot of struggles with me in the academic system. And I went to a private school. I went to Tattnall and they didn't have the support system for dyslexia there. And so I moved to Archmere for my sophomore year and I found a lot of support resources and that. But I realized that there's not a lot of educational programs that feature um, minorities as like the forefront of main characters. And as an African-American woman, I definitely want to showcase that 
but also ha- having a learning disability, I think that also needs to be the forefront because there's children that are diagnosed every day and they don't see themselves in media. And I feel like it's a very important part, especially with so many educational TV shows being such like a staple in children's childhood and growing up and like learning life lessons from them. I thought it would be a really cool idea to in, to pair learning disabilities and minority and main characters for education. So yeah, that's kind of where, what I see myself doing. Um, I can't speak on all obviously learning disabilities because I only have dyslexia, but I was hoping to like cultivate a team that has different learning disabilities or just has challenges that they've seen in the school system that aren't uh, a forefront topic in children's entertainment and kind of bringing those into light and showing kids that you're not alone. This is something that more people than you know go through. And so that's kind of where I see myself. Well, Kai, and I will say uh, that's definitely a really great and fascinating direction to go, you know, and, and credit to you for also sharing like what you're what you've gone through in school and stuff. And I definitely think, like you said, there needs to be more minority faces, especially when it comes to like this, like en- like the entertainment industry, because I mean, you, you what we see on the screen, you know, it's got to be it's got to represent us, you know, and if you're yeah. just and I know the theme throughout history has always been just like white faces just all over the place, you know, whereas like our country now has experienced expanded, you know, and we're so diverse, especially in the United States. So it's like we need to get more diversity when it comes to putting more diversity into the screen. So that way people can see that and relate to that. So I credit to you, Kai, for taking those first steps. And I know the entertainment industry can definitely be challenging, you know. Um, What are some challenges that you that you have faced so far when it comes to the entertainment industry overall? Um, So a lot. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest scandal that I've ever faced, something that was definitely a moral challenge for me, was the company that I was working for. um, They had a sexual assault um, scandal that broke off of TikTok. And that's why I made a viral TikTok series about how like the producers aided and abetted a sexual assault. They gave her medicine. They know she had been drinking. It wasn't supposed to be paired with alcohol. Ultimately, they've something happened in the quote unquote boom, boom room. If you know the boom, boom room, you know what show I'm talking about, but, um, so yeah, that happened. I was contacted by a journalist who basically asked if my company wanted to comment. I sent it up to my CEOs of the company and I was like, Hey, there's this woman, this is what's going on. And it kind of went on dead ears for a little bit, which was concerning to me as like a woman. And also knowing that um, the entertainment has a, a sad, dark history of silencing women's stories about sexual abuse or sexual assault in the workplace. And by the time it was addressed, uh, the conversations that were had behind closed doors were not appropriate, I felt, for the matter, and especially not somebody or not from somebody who has PR experience or just understands like the climate that we're in today and how it was handled was definitely jarring and a red flag for me personally. Um, they decided to kind of dig up dirt on the woman and figure out how they can silence her and silence the story. It was something definitely that felt that you see in TV often. Like for me, it was a scandal episode where they go and they're like, we need to shut this down. We need to do this, this, and this instead of just owning the truth and be like, Hey, this did happen. We weren't aware. Thank you for making it aware. And we're going to look at our companies. We're no longer, we've cut ties with the producers of that segment and we're moving forward as a company. Like there were so many other ways that it could have been handled to properly address the situation. Um, And 
I felt like it was definitely kind of swept under the rug and um, I quit the next week. So that was, I think, the biggest uh, challenge that I faced in the face of like entertainment. And that's the one that made me really have some self-reflection and think, is this something that I really want to do? Because it happens so often. And at some point for money and power, people usually sell their souls and kind of sweep things under the rug that normally you wouldn't sweep under the rug if you weren't so focused and like coming up in your career and doing what you're supposed to do and kind of like taking abuse because you know that's going to get you where you need to be down the road. And so, yeah, it was just, it didn't sit right with me. Yeah. And hearing you describe that whole story, like, I, like, I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't sit right with me either as well. It's just like, wow, like really like you, people will do whatever it takes, you know, to keep their reputation, to keep their fame. And it's, it's, it's gross, you know, and, and it's definitely concerning and, and it's definitely been a consistent pattern throughout the history of humanity where it's been like, especially men that are put in like power, they do a lot of just terrible things and they get away with it and then you have voices of the minority whether that's the african-american community also women as well like get it like not letting their voices be heard because of that whole situation and because of that per, of the people that have the power up top especially in the entertainment industry so it's definitely concerning to see and power to you for realizing hey like this situation is ma- is making me feel very uncomfortable let me take a step back Let me get out of this because the vibe, the energy, it's just all negative energy and let me get it and let me change and do a new direction. There's a lot of people that will stay in that environment. So power to you, Kai, for realizing that in the work environment, I need to get out of here and take that next step because it because it's very hard you know especially if you're put in a position where you know like this position might have been like a huge position for you at that time you know so it's like you're making you're making money you're making a lot of bunch of stuff but you got to be able to set that aside if that energy is just negative you know so power to you for that Kai um but continuing our conversation I know we talked a lot about like the entertainment industry and like the documentary series I want to get into a little bit of specifics I know I'm into media as well so I know what that can be like a, a challenge I know you mentioned like creating like a team to like create like like docu-series and like documentaries and stuff how do you my question is like how would you find like the team you know how do you really like get out there and find the team um so since I went to college for entertainment um most of them are my friends and most of them know people of people so it's not as hard as i think if you didn't have the resources or like the community to do it um but also since entertainment there's multiple um movies and also i think a tv show that was filmed on phones now so i think with all the platforms that you have like tiktok and youtube i think it's a lot easier to kind of pick up a camera and start shooting things and kind of even if you don't have the team around you or it's not as professional as it quote unquote should be i think production is moving from uh these high higher networks telling you what you can and cannot produce to more it being like indie films or voices of the people that are sold to like netflix or different streaming platforms or also on youtube um, that kind of allow the entertainment to be more accessible to everybody as it was not before. So I think the team aspect comes from if you can find a Cooper friends that also see your vision or that you guys can kind of collaborate on. I think it's very easy to just kind of pick up an iPhone or like a camera and shoot some things. And there's so many different tutorials online that tells you how to like edit. You can also take classes, um, master classes, something that people have mentioned all the time that they 
get into and kind of learn different skills from. So I think since it's less like, oh, you need to go to school, you need to have this, this, and this, it's a lot easier for everybody to kind of come together and be like, I want to shoot this. And everyone's like, okay, cool. Let's do this. I'll take on this ownership. I'll do this. Like it's easier to make things happen now. Yeah. And I will say like that, that answer really just like, it's very interesting. You know, it's all, it's, I hear a lot of just like networking, you know, being able to have like good vibes, good energy is like, what are, when you are creating something, you know, like when you have a team, you guys are feeding off of each other's energy. So similar to like, I mean, like what you mentioned earlier, like you realize the energy was bad. So you're like, you know what, like, I'm not going to stay in this project. So with your own project, I'm hearing like networking, being able to connect with people, you feel all, you feel the good energy out of everybody. And then, like you said, the media is very accessible. All you have to do is pull a cell phone out, shoot some cameras, um, and, and you can put it all over social media. And especially with TikTok now, things just spread like rapid fire. So I will say, Kai, like good luck for your journey as well, especially when it comes to creating your own content. Um, if you ever need somebody, you know, I'm always open ears. I, I've done podcasting for a very long time. Um, but I will say I can hear, I can feel the motivation and the energy, which is definitely good to see, you know, and I definitely think you're on the right track when it comes to creating that team and getting those voices heard, you know, so power to you for that. Um, and this just uh, leads me right to my next question. So I know I feel like this positive motivational energy. I know you mentioned a little bit about your parents and the daycare, you know, um, what really like led that fire inside of you to to start this to for you to like create this like new path and create your own like documentary series? I think so. The TV show that I worked on at the kids was um, created by my mentor now, um, Lexi, Lexi White. And she created the show from scratch. So she made the deck, she did all the things, she pitched it. And so seeing her do that, I was like, oh, I can also create things and like have it be a tangible thing. And so we tried it um, with living in color at my college and it was not picked up on my TV show, but we decided that we wanted to do it. It was only very challenging because it was so many schedules and then college is very hard to get everybody in one place at one time for shooting multiple scenes. Um, But I think that's the first time I got a taste for producing in a sense. And then at the kids, I moved up the rank and I became a producer and they gave us a show and I produced it for I want to say two years. And so that was my like full official sense in a studio producing, but I hadn't done a lot with field producing. And then my friend Isaac is creating this movie and my ex at the time brought me on to set with them. And they're like, you're really good at planning and organizing. And I was like, yeah, this is something that I find my niche in. And my mom is a huge planner. So I think I inherited that from her because she always had books. Whenever I go over my family's house, she had color coded schedules routines for me, my sister, everything was like in a book. Um, and so I definitely get that organizational drive from her. And I think it just kind of translates into film and TV. Cause I've always been like a TV addict and like, I love math and I'm, I guess like, or organizational and like numbers and media kind of just like came to me, but I really do love like coordinating, producing those things. Like, I wouldn't say I'm much of like a techie or um, a field person, but I will organize your entire plan for you and be like, this is what you need. This is who we need to contact. Here's the rundown. Here's the schedule. Here's the call sheet. Those things are something that I find really exciting and like really fun for me to do. And most of the time people don't want to do them. And that's why productions are so chaotic and like over time is inevitable and 
So I try to avoid all those things up front. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm a pro, but I am getting my feet wet and trying to figure out how to make it the best I can. And I think it just comes with like practice and having friends that trust me enough with their projects to help organize them. And everyone has a good time, you know, just like making sure that, excuse me, or making sure that everybody is where they need to be, know what they need to do and making sure that it's running as smoothly as possible. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and I will say like, I definitely am feeling like this power, this like motivation, this drive, you know, to really, really get those voices out there. So power to you again for doing that. And, and I will say like, I, I completely agree with you when it comes to like planning, getting phone calls, you definitely need somebody to do that. I know firsthand because I'm, I'm right now with this podcast, I'm doing a one man show, you know, so it's just like reaching out to people, making sure that they're ready to go. So it's definitely a lot of work. And that's another like job aside from the actual production and actually like recording and connecting with people. So power to you for doing it and having that passion for doing it. I definitely think uh, that's really good. And also, like, like you said, like putting yourself out there, you know, trying it because getting your feet wet, like it's important, you know, we all got to start somewhere. Um, so the fact that you're starting to do that now in like a couple years of more experience, you're just only going to get better and better at what you do with the more experience you get. So, so power to you for taking that initiative. I know a lot of people get in their own heads and they doubt what they want to do or what they want to, how they feel about it. So power to you for actually taking those steps and actually taking that those first couple steps into your own journey and stuff like that. And you're going to realize with time how things operate, how things don't operate. So, and that's all with experience. Um, but just transitioning a little bit before, like we transition my fault, wrapping up like this first topic, what's some advice that you would give to people, you know, that are trying to find themselves in the entertainment industry or really like just trying to get their feet wet into the whole situation. Um, my advice definitely uh, show up. I have a good attitude. I think when I had my first internship, they said half the battle is just showing up because most people will be offered an opportunity and then don't show up. So show up, be on time, just be courteous to everyone's schedule. And then also have a really good attitude because those are the things that put you in the places that you want to be. If they see like, oh, you're not having a bad attitude about going to get coffee this one time, or you're open to doing this and that things that most people don't want to do. Uh, people will call you on for more jobs. You get to network with more people. Um, so that's really important. Trying everything. I think I had, I tried development one time. I hated it. It's not for me, but I, I tried it. So I know that it's not for me, something that I know I can turn my sights off of and like, know that I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't work here, but I might work in this department or this section of entertainment um, or productions. Uh, let's see. Uh, join groups. I think there's a whole bunch of Facebook groups that you can join that have different PAing jobs or like if you're into makeup artist or even just asking someone to sit on set and volunteer. I think most of the jobs that you will get, unfortunately, are unpaid, which kind of sucks. Um, or you'll be paid minimum because you're a PA or something. Uh, but I think the thing that you're there for is the experience and the networking. And if you go into it with that attitude, rather than like, oh, I'm not making any money. So why am I doing this? Uh, you will definitely have a better attitude towards it and also make it a better experience overall. So that's my advice. Yeah, Kai, we'll say that is some, some pretty good advice. Um, and I've realized this as well from another person that has like done like radio and has done like podcasting and like media your first couple jobs that you're going to do, like you said, Kai, it's going to be unpaid. Like I, I interned at 6ABC in Philly, did not get paid for it at all. 
But like I met a lot of cameramen, I met a lot of like reporters, um, and I also realized that the that like the news industry was really not for me, just because like they just report specific things and clickbait and all that stuff. So, but these are all things like you said, Kai, that you have to experience, and the only way you're going to experience that is if you take that step, show up, go. And you're going to have to face some financial. It, it, that's just how society is. And it's definitely messed up. They should definitely pay their interns. Um, but sometimes you just got to be able to take the bare minimum and, and just grow from it and learn from that. Um, but just transitioning a little bit, I know we talked a lot about work and passions that you've had. Um, when it comes to relationships, I usually start off the first question. Um, Kai, so for you, like, what are some like qualities you look for in like a good friend and also romantic partner a good friend um consistency compassion kind i think it's just it's very easy to see when somebody is just like a kind soul and like good to be around and i i think i have a good base of people around me that have those qualities um just someone that you can kind of go to when things are hitting the fan and they might not have everything that you need but they have everything that you might need to hear at that time or like can give you advice or kind of just like pick you up when you're kind of down and someone that is, has like a good vibe. I think I hate to use the word, but everyone says it now. And it's, it's so true. I think having somebody who you can go and sit and not say a word, but be in the same room and feel love and feel heard and understood is so important in all relationships, but especially like friendships to have that bond with somebody that unspoken bond is definitely something that I hold true with most of my friends. And it's definitely a tester for me. If we don't vibe, I can't really be around you uh, that much. (laughs) Um, Now for romantic relationships, I think it's the same Um, right now. Consistency is huge for me. Um, Communications also really big for me. Yeah. I, I don't, like, I don't need the gifts. I know like city girls, blah, blah, blah. Like that's really big in the media, but I don't need to be showered with luxury items. I don't need um, exorbitant gifts. I don't need to be taken out every day of the week. I don't need to be flew out anywhere. Um, granted, nice, but not something that's quote unquote necessary for me. I think just like consistency and communication and knowing that I can come talk to you about anything and know that you're able to like pick up the phone or Uh, send me like a text is always appreciated and definitely be really, I know bare minimum, but the thing that I need consistently on a day-to-day basis to like cultivate a good romantic relationship for me. Yeah. And I will say all those traits and qualities that you said are really important in, in any relationship, whether that's friendships, even like romantic partners. And it's really all about the little things. Um, I definitely think with social media, it definitely tend and also like movies like I I mean, everyone's grew up, grown up and seen Pixar movies, Disney movies. And it's like, oh, my God, like this amazing love story or like, oh, my goodness, like it romanticizes everything, which then causes like a lot of people growing up watching all this stuff to be like, dang, like I expect that in my relationships, I expect the fancy flights or I expect the fancy dinners, but it's really, I'm, I know for myself, like I've really realized a lot. It's really about the little things. It's going out to get a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, it's going to a park on a nice day and, and walking around talking with each other. 
um, sending, like you said, texting each other in the morning or after you already know you have a very long day, texting each other after, giving a phone call after like, hey, like I've had a really long day. Like, I'm sorry for not really talking to, you know, but this is what was going on. Let's talk about it. You know, so it's like it's really about just the little things. And I think so many people focus on the bigger huge things you know and like you said like gift giving can be nice but it's like all right like it's definitely it's definitely a little too much you're a good guy your floor is yours Uh, also effort i think that's something that we like the little things require effort (laughs) i think like the big thing is just like oh i'm going to do this one grand gesture and like it's going to compensate for all the lack of effort i put in year round. And I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. So definitely effort, communication, consistency. Those are like the biggest things I think that make good relationships, but effort is the top priority. I mean, communication, great. I guess they're all top priorities, but definitely effort and going like the extra step to be like, Hey, I know that this is happening. I know that I'm going to need this It's communication and effort. Cause you're taking the step to say, Hey, this is communicating, but I'm also putting the effort to communicate with you that this is what's going on with me. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I will say, like, just to add to the communication part, that's definitely something I've had to learn a lot, especially through, like, my current relationship with Namal. You know Namal very well. Because um, communi- uh, communication is definitely a huge part in a relationship. You got to be able to, because you're not always going to be on the same page every single time. So being able to communicate specifically like your feelings, how you're feeling in the present moment, communicating what's going on. So that way you guys are just on the same page and, and the other person is not assuming what is going on. I, I have had moments of definitely assuming a lot of times because I'm very like, I observe a lot. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to assume based off of what I observe, which is definitely, it's had moments where I am right, but it's had a lot of moments where I'm not right. So uh, communication, like you said, Kai, is definitely another important trait to have in relationships. Um, but just my question, just continuing, I know I talked a little bit about like social media and stuff like that. How do you feel overall about how relationships are like perceived today? I have come to know that if you post your significant other consistent, consistently, there is a problem. Something is going on. Um I've seen it time and time again, where every day you'll see Buddha, 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 Buddha. And it's like, for who is this for? And I think for me, social media, like, of course you want to post and like show off your significant other, but there's multiple times where I'll post quote unquote, the less good picture of me and a significant other, because like, I want to have those moments to myself where it's just like, oh, this is a moment that we shared. And I think it's just a moment that we should share. Uh, I think social media has kind of kilt romantic love in the sense of everybody thinks of these exorbitant things is what makes a relationship or day-to-day what you're supposed to have and there was a woman who was i don't remember her name but i was watching a youtube series and she was talking about how uh it's all well and good for you to post your significant other and yada 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 but for the woman that for the women that are admiring it i want you to ask yourself ask yourself the question of she has this one, one huge romantic gesture, yet her man shows no effort every other day of the week. And it's like, I, you aspire to have these things or like look at celebrity love, but you really don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And I think that's the part that people forget on social media. Like, oh, so-and-so's boyfriend's doing this. Oh, so-and-so's girlfriend just bought him this. And it, it does nothing for you. And it also projects a, a different image of what love, quote unquote, is supposed to look like. And I think- 
not only social media has killed romantic love, but I also think the instant gratification of you having access to everybody and anybody also kind of makes it hard for people to focus in on one person because you're constantly seeing a slew of men or women every day and they're posting what they're doing, where they're at, um, all these things. And so the thing that's in front of you, the thing that you see on a consistent basis is no longer quote unquote, something that you want all the time because you're like, oh, well, they're having fun over here and I'm stuck in a relationship or, oh, they're doing this and this and I'm sitting here worried about one person. And I think that really distorts the the idea of like what love looks like or like you getting comfortable with one person. And I've definitely talking to my guy friends, they're like, yeah, it's really hard not to get on Twitter and see like a slew of naked women. And I was just like, yeah. And they're like, it also makes it really hard for me want, wanting to stay with like one woman and focusing on one woman. And when asking them the question, why is that? They're like, well, it's because everybody else is so accessible that settling down with one person no longer seems as fun as multiple women. And I'm like, okay. So like, that doesn't really make sense to me because that one woman that you're seeing doesn't have the same qualities that you personally might need for like day-to-day like growth development support yet you're so infatuated with this thing over here that you seem to ignore the reality of what a woman or what your counterpart is or what they do for you on a daily basis because you're so in awe about this this woman that or this man that's unattainable that makes sense oh yeah it definitely does i definitely think especially with social media i definitely think people especially people that are on it all the time they live two completely different lives um and especially now with like instagram having filters and there's all these cool filters and the iphone and cell phones are getting better camera quality so it's like you can get like a nice picture with you like on like a sunset or something and that's my how you look in that present moment but every day you look completely different than that and to answer like a little bit of like your guy friends what they're saying i definitely think a lot of that like mentality you have to self-reflect yourself more and figure out what is it that I need in this situation. Because if you're going out trying to find like, you know, like, cause you can't really settle down or you're trying to figure out things, there's something that you need to do. Like, hey, like maybe I just wanna be single right now, you know? So like, these are all things that we are, and everybody's different, how they, how they, they all, everyone has like different perspectives on the world, you know? So like how you perceive things, how another person perceives things. A lot of that though is just, we're all living our lives, you know, trying to figure out what is it that we want, what we need from a person. For me, it's completely different. That's why I met with Namal. Me, I can't, I, I'm not one of those people that need, that wants to talk to multiple people at a time. Like I did it a little bit in college and I was terrible at it. I actually will share a very funny story. Like I was on, I was on like a date with somebody, right? And I completely forgot her name and I felt terrible because, yeah, because I'm not that person though. I can't, I can't do that. Like I tried it. I tried talking to a couple of people just as like friends, but like it just, it was not working. Namal will definitely tell you that story one day. She was laughing, but I was like, yeah, I went on a date one time. I completely forgot someone's name just because for me, that's just not how I operate. For other people, they can do that. But even when they are doing that, like, are they actually happy within themselves? Because a lot of people will project what they're experiencing within themselves negatively onto other people. So I just wanted to highlight that point, Kai, and, and all that fun stuff. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, since you brought that up, definitely that self-reflection is important because I definitely, in in college, I had a roster. Like there was multiple men I was talking to, I was going out with, da-da-da-da. 
And then I sat back and I was like, do I actually want to do this? Or is it just what the men that I would settle down with are doing this? And so I feel like this is the only way to kind of keep myself from falling into that trap of being like, oh, I want to date you, but you're also doing all these other things. So I guess I have to do all these other things because I guess I'm only doing it because you're not committing. That makes sense. And I think that's like a lot of women when they say the whole, like, if he wanted to, he would. And then women will come to the defense of a man and be like, oh, well, like, I, I'm not wanting of that. Da, da, da. I don't need that. Um, and in reality, it's a blanket for the statement that if he was doing that, you would want it. It's just the fact that he's not doing it. So you're not asking for it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a really cool point, Kai. And it's definitely very interesting. It's, it's crazy how people, again, like the energy that you surround yourself with, you tend to feel that energy and just mimic it. It's it's crazy. It's raw energy. We have a lot of energy inside ourselves being human beings and stuff. And it's not talked about enough in school. Everyone's focusing on productivity and making money when the energy that you bring to people, the energy that you present to people is if not more important than the amount of money that you have in your wallet. So I just wanted to highlight that point. Um, but Kai, just wrapping up our relationship um, conversation, um, what's some advice that you would give to somebody that's, you know, struggling in a relationship or trying to really just find themselves in the relationship? Uh, see, I, the advice is hard because I don't even take my own advice. Um, Cause I'm like in like a situationship now that's very interesting uh, that I don't think I should be in and multiple people have told me not to be in. And then you kind of just kind of are like, whatever. And you kind of go about it and then you get hurt and then you do it all over again. Um, but I think my friend actually gave me some advice uh, today because I think history plays a lot into like why you stay in situations. And he said to take everything for face value and like, don't focus on the history. So if somebody did this to you that you didn't know, how would you respond to it? And like, that should be your response, no matter like the history or like what's going on. And I think a lot of people, for me, I definitely take into account other people's emotions or like their situation going into making a decision. And that often kind of leaves my feelings unvalidated or like un unacknowledged because I'm like, oh, I can't really be that upset because this person has this going on or, oh, I can't really do this because this person's going through this. But in reality, like I'm important too. And I know like in that situation, I wouldn't have treated you like you have treated me. So that means that something needs to change and I need to either uphold a boundary or I need to find myself out of that situation very quickly. And I think it's a lot easier to do that with people that you're just meeting. And I think it's very important to do it when you first meet because it the first meeting kind of sets the tone of like how this relationship is going to pan out. And if you set your intentions and expectations up front, it's, it's a lot easier to maintain them and like a lot easier, or it's a, a how do I say this? I guess it's a lot harder for someone to come break your expectations because you've kind of set them up front. Whereas if you're in a situation, you've let a lot of things slide. And then all of a sudden you're going to come and be like, oh, this is my boundary. They're going to kind of look at you and be like, where is this coming from? This is not the person. And then you're going to feel bad because you're like, oh, like they think I'm changing. They think less of me. And it's like, well, no, like you're doing what you're supposed to do, but you didn't set these up intentions up front. So now when you do that, it's going to be a lot harder for someone to uphold and understand those boundaries for yourself. So I think to sum it all up, um, Take things as face value, ignore history, um, ask yourself, would you do this to you if you were in the situation and kind of trust your gut. I think you, you know, when you're hurt, you know, when you're upset, 
and kind of going with that, regardless of like the sweet nothings or like the conversations that you have with the person, because at the end of the day, words and words and actions are actions and you should find yourself seeing more actions than words. And if you don't, there's a problem. Yeah, Kai, and I will say that's some that's some really spot on advice. Um, one of the one of the things as you were describing everything that really stuck to me was setting those expectations in the very beginning of your relationship. I definitely think that is something that a lot of people should take in consideration because we all go through the honeymoon phase where things are good. Everything's like, oh, we're just feeling each other out. Like, oh my God, I'm finally in love with somebody. But that's the moment where you actually have to start setting expectations. I actually interviewed, I interviewed a woman, she's in the Caribbean. Uh, she gave a great piece of advice for like what you do on like first dates. Um, say no as like a little test and how they respond to the no is a good indication because once you start setting boundaries with this person and they and he or she or whomever you decide to date does not attain to that if they're saying no already they're probably not going to attain to boundaries that they don't agree with so that was some great advice as i was hearing it, i was like wow like that's definitely something cool um but i know I you want to add some more stuff I would also, so my, since I'm in therapy, my therapist has me write down all my non-negotiables, which is just easier to see. Cause it's, it's hard for you to recall them in the moment when, especially if you're in like kind of the love bubble and you're like, it's fine. Da, da, da. And it's like, no, like go back to your non-negotiables, see it on the list and be like, this is non-negotiable. These are hard non-negotiables. These are things that I will not like waver on. Um, so I think that's important and like kind of sitting with yourself and figuring out like, what do you want from a person? Like what is non-negotiable for you? And also, um, since we were talking about sleep, uh, I saw this piece of advice. It was just like set a bedtime when you stop talking to your significant other. Like at this time, if wherever conversation is, I'm ending it, I'm going to sleep. It'll save you so much time because I know in like the honeymoon phase, everyone has been through it where you find yourself on the phone for a multitude of hours. It's deep into the night and you're like, oh my God, where has the time gone? Da, 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 like having a great time and you get two hours of sleep, right? And then the next week they like, you might do something. And then the next week you find yourself like, I can't believe I spent this much time with this person. I lost sleep. So now, now like set up bedtime, like 11 o'clock, be like, Hey, at 11, I'm going to sleep wherever we are. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's important. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with you. That That's another thing too. Like, cause I realized, like, especially in the beginning of every relationship, but you'll spend hours, you know, staying up late. And then what, what happens is in the beginning, when you meet somebody, you see all these things and that kind of sets the tone. Like, oh, like this person is going to talk to me whenever or all oh, this. Cause eventually the honeymoon phase phases out and then you start to reality starts to hit in a little bit and you're like all right like all this behavior that was allowed a couple months ago now things are changing so it comes back to the original point setting things like what you said kai like jotting thing jotting down like your absolutely non-negotiables on a right. piece of paper you have those set up ready and then you're able to just communicate that up front with people so that way they know and say no on a couple of things they want to schedule a first date say no the first time see how they react yeah. to it um but kaya just wrapping up our relationship question i was uh, a random question just thought into my head uh, but i always ask these guests that come on all my guests come on i always ask them this question with relationships so their question is about like turnoffs or like do you have like any tests like if you're on like a first date you wouldn't have a second date for me as you think about it um I would usually I used to hand people the aux chord and depending on what they played, because music is very spiritual for me, um, depending on what they played was like a great test because I'm like, if we can't vibe musically, uh, I, I, I can't vibe with you anywhere else. Um, so that was my little test. Do you have like any like little test or like turnoffs where you wouldn't have like a real second date? 
Turnoffs. I really hate chewing with your mouth open. I cannot stand it. I can't eat with you. Can't sit with you. Can't talk to you. It's, it's a big thing. Um, so I think that's like my top turnoff. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I also have this weird thing with like hands. I'm not sure what it is, but like, I'll look at hands before I look at anything else. Like it's, it's really weird, but like there's a certain hand structure that I like in like a partner. Um, and like hygiene, I think hygiene is very important. And ladies, when you go to like the house for the first time, look around, like ask when the sheets were last changed, because like, it's really crazy out here. The things that men will do, they'll just like spray some Lysol, which I've seen on sheets. And I'm like, and then Febreze it down. And I'm like, the washing machine is literally 10 feet away. Like, I don't understand. And you had someone sleep here last night. Yeah, no. So like, that's really big for me. And like, that's something I cannot stand. Um, yeah, those are like <laughs> the top things that those, like, oh, those, also like yeah. door opening, like I'll, I'll stand in front of a door until like you open it. I just think that's just something like car doors. I don't care if we're in a hurry, like I'm standing in front of a door and like waiting for you to do something about it. Definitely. Those are definitely all good ones. I mean, dang, I'm sorry. Someone sprayed Lysol on the sheets. Lysol. And then Febreze. And was just like, ah, clean. Ah, Lord, man. Ah, that, ah, see, I have too much OCD when it comes to cleaning. I would not be able to, to handle that. I would have just left. <laughs> oh, man. But I will say, Kai, I really enjoyed our conversation. We talked a lot about relationships and also like your passions and stuff. We're going to wrap everything up with talking a little bit about astrology. Um, so my first question with you, Kai, just right off the bat, what's your overall relationship with astrology and how do you feel about it overall? Um, astrology. So I downloaded CoStar when like CoStar was a big thing and kind of got into uh, my like chart and like what it means. And then I got really into number numerology. Um, and I picked numbers of ones. So shout out to the ones if you're out there. Um so that was really cool. And I think definitely with numerology, I, I found something that like, I really understood and was like, oh, like this is definitely characteristics of myself. Cause it's based upon your name and like, um, and after co-star I've, my friends are really into astrology as well. And then Kina was also into astrology and she's done my chart. She's like, oh, like this makes sense. Or, oh, you're doomed here. You're doomed there. And I was like, okay, like good to know. But I think I'm a, a Pisces kind of through and through. I really enjoy dream world. I really romanticize life and like love and, um, like, I don't know. I'm just like a water kid. I've always been like a water kid. My mom has told me that I've always been very emotional, very, um, kind of artsy in my own like dream world. I have dreams when I, every year in my dream, usually something's going on and I'll text you. And most of the time, like nine out of 10, I'm usually pretty right. Something's going on. And I need, we like, you need to talk to, to someone, not me, but like you need to talk to someone about what's going on. Uh, so yeah, I think that's where my quote unquote love of astrology came. I also, when I was working for the reality TV company, they were trying to make a series based on, what do you call it? Um, like find your match or find your astrology match. I'm also not sure if I'm supposed to talk about this. But anyway, um, they were trying to make a show and it was based on like, find your, your astrology match. So like you would talk with a whole bunch of people in the house and like you would find like your soul connection and it was matched based on your Zodiac chart. Uh, I'm not sure where that show is in the, in the mix now, but that's kind of also where I've started to get my sense of astrology because I was talking to, to men about astrology. they like, ah, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, well, it does. Like, here's a chart. Here's what it means. Those kind of things. So that was 
the first dip of astrology that I had. And ever since then, I've kind of kept up with CoStar and I like read my horoscope every once in a while, just like see what it says. But I think it's definitely telling of like your emotional moves or like the houses and what they rule and like those kind of things. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just to add to your point, I know you said you have like a lot of water. I mean, your sun and moon is is both water. And those are like your two biggest placements on your chart. Um, being like a Pisces, like you said, like they're very gentle. They're very kind. They have like a very like dreamy, imaginative like world with that energy, though, of being very gentle and kind. People can take advantage of. And one of the reasons why I know a lot when especially when it comes to Pisces, uh, my north node is in Virgo, but my south node is in Pisces. So like your north node is sort of just like south node is the past mistakes your your past lifetimes have made. And the north node is supposed to be what you're supposed to learn in this current lifetime. Um, so for me, like having a Pisces south node, like a lot of people have taken advantage, you know, been like very like gullible, being very kind and people take advantage of that. Whereas with Virgo, it's the opposite. You're supposed to learn boundary setting. You're supposed to learn from those past mistakes. So like with Pisces energy, with like a lot of water energy, very intuitive, which is great to see, you know, like you're even like our conversations, like your passion for helping people, your passion for creating, your passions for trying to like advance and help people. That's that. And also, like you said, like trusting your gut, you probably said that like a couple times throughout like our, our conversation, like that's all that water energy, you know, your need for helping people, the, the intuition, you know? So it's just like, as I was hearing you describe that, I'm like, well, yeah, your sun and moon definitely, and Scorpios are definitely emotionally intense out of all the signs, Scorpios are the most emotionally intense. Um, I, I know Kina's a Scorpio. Like I've, I've a lot of my friends are Scorpios. I'm a Taurus, so we're sister signs. So it's like I'm. I know the Scorpio energy a lot. It's it's crazy, but it's a lot. I enjoy Scorpio energy. So, <laughs> but yeah. So like as I was just hearing you describe that, I was like, yeah, like that really makes sense when it comes to having both your Sun and Moon in the water sign. And I know your rising is in Virgo, so rising to obviously like how you will come off to people as. But how do you how do you really feel about like knowing that you are double water a little bit? Uh, it sucks. <laughs> it's like really hard. I think I am really emotional. I think I'm really compassionate to a fault. And I think I see the best in people that shouldn't have the best. If that makes sense? Like, I think people take advantage of like, oh, like she's going to be giving, like I go to her with all these things. And then whenever they like feel like it's done, they'll be like, okay, like I'm trying to move on now. And it's like sucks. Cause then my emotional come in and I'm like, oh, like well, they also have this, this, and this. And so I'll logic myself out of like feeling the emotion that I should be feeling, which is like F you. Um, but yeah, I think having a double water sign, it's great. It has its benefits. It does. But when it comes to like people, I think learning to trust people is really hard. And like, I think I trust upfront and it's something that I'm trying to like work out of and like try and be more reserved and be like, okay, this is where I'm at. I was like, this is what I see you as. Let me see. Let me test you and see if you're if you're worthy of said trust. Because I think most of the time I'm like, whatever you need, I got you. You're my friend. Blah, blah, blah. And I make friends really fast. And then I'll sit back and I'm like, oh, actually, that probably wasn't the best thing for you to like entertain. It wasn't the best thing for you to do. I think you should like chill out, take some steps back, all these things. 
Um, so yeah, I think double water definitely has its perks and has its, um, advantages, but definitely like when it's come to like people and like trusting and like those kind of things, you definitely get screwed a couple of times. And since you're a Pisces, you kind of don't really learn from what you need to learn from. It's like, Oh, it's just like, well, that was one person. Like they were really bad experience, but like the next person is going to be different. And like, it's just like a, a cycle that you kind of go through. And I think as you grow, you kind of learn to be like, okay, like, let me be on guard. Let me like take some time back. Let me like do what I need to do. Um, but yeah. All right. That sounds good. I, I definitely like to hear like your story and stuff like that too, as I'm hearing you describe, it's definitely very interesting. Um, I always like to say astrology is like, it's like another way, another tool in the toolbox to help understand yourself. Um, but before we wrap everything up, um, I have all my guests come on. I just Google your sun and moon and this website is called the horoscope.co. It's one of the websites where I started learning a lot about like astrology and stuff. Um, based off of what I've seen, all women have wrote like articles and done like a little like, like it's like a little reading of like your sun and moon combination. So for you, Kai, I'm going to I'm going to read yours and just let me know how you feel. So there's going to be positives, negatives, perfect partner okay. and advice. So for you, Kyla, you are a Pisces sun with a Scorpio moon. So it says an inquisitive personality, temperamental The Pisces sun, Scorpio moon personality will surprise everyone with how involved they can be in something one moment and how they can be detached in the next. So positives with your sun and moon combination, very sp spiritual, attentive and sensual negatives can be criticizing a little bit temperamental and sharp perfect partner someone who is just as good as 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 of an observer my fault as them word of advice for your sun and moon combination be careful as sometimes your emotions will cloud your judgment so as i give you a little reading um how do you feel about it emotions clouding judgment is spot i do mean spot on um definitely um intuitive definitely uh sometimes sharp i mean i wouldn't say like that sharp but like okay in the wheelhouse um but yeah i definitely think the emotions clouding judgment is spot on because most of the time you'll be like oh emotionally they have this going on and i should be like considerate of these things and in reality it's it's a no-go you should just bail out while you're ahead so um i think yeah, it just, best of <laughs> luck. I'm still trying to figure it out. It, it definitely sucks. Um, but all in all, I think it was, it was pretty a spot on definition, just trying to work out of that emotional aspect, clouding judgment and kind of letting logic cloud judgment and just like having it be in that center space. Yeah. And, and like, like, like everything in life, you know, like, especially as you're going through your own journey, everyone's going to experience different things, you know, so day by day, you're learning more and more about this, you know, Kai, and part of the first step, you know, when it comes to understanding, like, some, some flaws, you know, is to, like, take the first step, go to therapy, you know, and learn about them, you know, and, and the fact that you're acknowledging them is a really good first step. Cause I know a lot of people, they do not acknowledge and they do not under take the time to just be blunt and honest with themselves, you know, so power to you for doing that. Um, but Kai, I will say I've really enjoyed our conversation. Where can everybody follow you at and check out your work? 
I can be followed on Instagram. Let's see. What is, uh, see, this is how bad, because I definitely do not know my Instagram handle off the top of my head. People will be like, these are my credentials. I'm like, what is, what am I on? Um, so my Instagram is Kai underscore Crowder. Um, I'm public, so you can just follow me. That's cool. And work coming soon. There's like a couple projects I'm working on. I'm not sure if I want a website yet or like a professional Instagram, but we'll see. We'll see what we dabble. I'll let you guys know. Of course. And the links will always, they'll be in the show description. So you guys can just check out Kai's work and just check her out and stuff like that. But Kai, Kyla, I will say I've enjoyed our conversation. It's been a great time and please stay safe. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time.